Well, sustainability uh, 20, 30 years ago was more, well, one, we had two terms and it was green and eco-friendly. And so what that meant then was pretty much hemp was being used then, upcycling definitely wasn't in the picture. So it was really all about how things were made and what we were using to make it. And then you fast forward to now and sustainable fashion is, you know, one trending and it means a, a dozen different things now. And there's so many different ways we could be sustainable as opposed to 20 years ago. Hi, I'm Michelle McMurray-Heath and you are listening to I Am Bio. Today, I'm going to talk to you about fashion. I love fashion. The bold colors, the statement jewelry, and my favorite, shoes. As a consumer, I get excited about the latest trends. But as a scientist, I worry about the impact all of it is having on the planet. The good news is that biotechnology is stepping up to the plate to satisfy those of us who are fashion forward, but really want to leave behind a smaller footprint. Today, we're digging into the notoriously wasteful fashion and beauty industry and how it can be transformed into a sustainable one with the help of biotechnology. We spoke to designers, fashion journalists, and a biotech CEO about the technology making looking good also feel good for the planet. Bridget Artis is a sustainable vintage fashion designer and a professor at the Fashion Institute of Technology. You know, as a professor at FIT, I've had the privilege of watching the trend because when I created my class 10 years ago, everyone took the clothing reconstruction class or how to build a vintage business class, you know, more as a hobby or a fun class to take. You fast forward now and most of, I would say 80% of the students that take the classes now are pursuing a sustainable design certificate. So that's amazing for me to be able to witness. And also the fact that TikTok has ushered in the trend of thrifting and upcycling, that too has given upcycling this renewed interest and um, how we could be more conscious in, in how we shop and in how we purchase our items. I think that when I'm a part of different panels and programs like this, I notice that we're always highlighting sustainable designers and but there's a there's two key areas that we don't focus on and that is um, manufacturing and fabric innovation. So you know, I really think that we need to put more emphasis in, in students going in those areas because we need more technology and innovation in manufacturing because you know to go from four seasons of um, pushing out fashion to 52, because of fast fashion, we need to really figure out how we could produce more ethically. And so if we could push students more in the manufacturing, in the technology, the fabric technology side, that would be amazing. Taking fashion beyond the runway will benefit all of us. Students entering the fashion industry have the opportunity 
to look at the entire supply chain and not just sustainable design. That's what Emily Burfield did when she was a student. Many shoes or sustainable shoe alternatives are based on a recycling strategy, which means that they have, for example, 40% of recycled polyester. Um, but I think it becomes more and more important to really like develop natural materials that we can use in products so we can rather rely on a like natural material cycle and not on a recycling strategy. Much of today's sustainable models are focused on recycling. While helpful, it really doesn't address the core issue. Plastics that make up polyester are never completely gone, even when they're reused. They shed as microfibers into the ocean and don't dissolve. By 2050, there will be more plastic than fish in the world's oceans. As a student, Emily Burfield wanted to create something that was 100% sourced from natural materials and biodegradable. So she created the Sneecher. My name is Emily Burfreund and I'm a material designer and I work and teach at University of Art and Design in Offenbach at the Institute for Material Design of Professor Markus Holzbach, where I also developed and designed the sneaker concept Sneecher. Nature is also coming from the term sneaker and nature, and it is made from a 3D knitted membrane, so like basically like a sock sneaker, and it has a like small transitional area made of natural rubber and like a sole made from mushroom mycelium using additive manufacturing technologies like uh, the 3D knitting or 3D printing. It's um, a prototype that I um, conceptualized during my final thesis at Art University. Um, it is like a conceptual sneaker, but um, the plan is to have it as a regular sneaker for using it outdoors, everyday use. The sneaker has a sleek and futuristic look to it, and it follows the recent trend of sock meat shoe brands like Balenciaga are now known for. Emily had observed how clothes are worn and then disposed of quickly and incinerated. She wanted to challenge herself to create something where every single element was sourced from biomaterials. She ended up with the sneecher, made up of things like shed dog hairs and corn leaves and hemp. Before I started working on Sneecher, my aim was to explore and demonstrate the potential of natural resources uh, with the design of a complex product like a sneaker. Since uh, conventional trainers are made of many different synthetic materials and are very difficult to recycle, I wanted to develop a shoe that is made of natural materials and can also be customized and produced locally. As the fundamental factor for the ecological properties of every product is the material, I tested various raw and waste materials, like especially biomaterials for textile processing. And based on this practical research, I developed a biological material cycle. At Lancet Tech, we believe that everything we use in our daily lives will someday come from recycled carbon emissions, whether that be carbon emissions at an industrial facility or solid waste like municipal solid waste or biomass after gasification. 
Meet Jennifer Holmgren, CEO of Lonzatech, a company developing innovative technologies that turn greenhouse gases into ethanol, which we know can be used for a number of things. And as it turns out, it's an important component in many beauty products. We spoke with Jennifer about an exciting new announcement. So we really believe the future is about reusing waste resources, giving carbon a second chance at life, which then keeps fossil carbon in the ground. It really is about climate equity, bending the carbon curve, and making sure that people can still access the things they access today, but at a much lower carbon footprint. So tell us a little bit about this recently announced partnership with Cody and the technology behind those new products. Right. So so what Cody wanted to do is they, they want to focus on bending their carbon footprint and reducing their carbon footprint. And so they have many areas that they would like to uh, reduce. And one of them is being able to use ethanol from a low carbon or a recycled carbon resource to make their perfumes. Today, as you know, perfumes do use ethanol. And so what they did is they worked with us. They spent a lot of time trying to take our ethanol, which is actually produced for a gasoline blending component. And, you you know, we have to really clean it so it can go near somebody's body or be in somebody's home, right? And so what they did is we worked with them to make sure that we could meet their very, very exact specifications with our ethanol. And so once we were able to show that and that it could be done on a large commercial scale, that is when we then were able to announce our partnership because we knew it was possible to substitute for their ethanol in their perfumes using our ethanol. So for a company known for fuel production, why branch out into fashion and beauty? Yeah, so we are, I, I think I, like I started by saying, we believe that everything in our daily lives needs to come from a low carbon option. And so our view is, you saw our partnership with L'Oreal, where we're working with Total to make polyethylene for their cosmetics. We have worked with Mebel and Migros in Switzerland, so household cleaners can come from recycled carbon. We're looking someday to, very soon actually, to make apparel from recycled carbon because we've now made PET. So my view, you know, imagine a world where a steel mill not only produces the steel for a plane, but also uses its waste carbon emissions so that we can make aviation fuel that goes into that plane. We use those waste carbon emissions to make PET so that the seat belts on that plane come from recycled carbon. That's the future we're trying to create. And ethanol for fuel is just the first step because that is the easiest, right? That, that's the easiest to, to make. And so for us, though, it's a journey, a journey of making everything from recycled products. Hmm. 
So that journey to making everything involves attracting all those sectors to see the possibilities. Are you seeing more and more industries coming to Lanza Tech looking for these types of solutions? Absolutely. The amount of interest in anything related to carbon reuse right now is huge. I think you're seeing that with kind of a resurgence of biofeedstocks, biofuels, um, but also just recycled waste carbon. I think people are realizing that they need to change. And really, in some ways, what we're really offering is the example that it's possible. And as more and more brands actually start using our products, then more will follow, right? Because that's the beauty of working with a brand. People pay attention to what they're doing. So other people are hearing about a company they'd never heard of, Lanzatech. Speaking of companies you've never heard of, we spoke to Doris de Guzman, a journalist who's been covering the biotech sector for close to 15 years and has written about biotech innovation across fashion and beauty. We asked her about the burgeoning developments in this space and who is participating. Companies like Modern Meadow, uh, Boltreads, uh, Luxtra, MYCL, and Ecovative Design. Uh, there's also Natural Fiber Welding and Beyond Leather. Um, they're developing leather alternatives, either through the use of mechanical and chemically created leather alternatives produced from the industry waste and byproducts, or they can use also fermentation and cellular engineering. Uh, they can cultivate a microbially induced proteins like the ones in, in spiders. Um, you know, they can produce uh, proteins, collagens, and biopolymers using, uh, you know, uh, sugar fees, stock or other types of waste byproducts that have uh, glucose or carbohydrates in it. Um, that can, you know, that can um, build into a leather inspired or what we call fat biofabricated materials. And then there are also companies that are using like, you know, Ecovated Design. Uh, they're using mycelium-based materials, which typically rely on, you know, selected mushroom species for their leather-like properties. Hopefully, you know, in the in the future, we'll have a more circular type of um, economy in the fashion industry where, you know, you can use plant-based materials, um, minimize, you know, the use of the fossil base um, to, to lower your carbon footprint. And in the end, you know, have to recycle uh, these type of products to uh, produce uh, different types of raw materials again. And Alondra Espinoza agrees. Alondra Espinoza is the head of content at Luxeter's Magazine, a Berlin-based publication focused on conscientious consumers. I have seen how designers are continuously implementing biotechnology in their designs. And I believe that this is going to be the future of the fashion because biotechnologies are providing tools and processes that alleviate sourcing and manufacturing chemical footprint whilst eliminating waste. So it seems that biotechnology in general is not only going to be the future for fashion, it's going to be the future for our entire lives because it's offering us the potential to take control of the entire life cycle and to control how we want to produce and manufacture and to apply directly 
these tools in the final products. Alejandro revealed a fascinating angle on the possible unknown consequences of overconsumption, even if we have biotech tools at our disposal. So on the one hand, like we want to continue producing and consuming and we want to also be environmentally aware. But the problem with this is that we need to think about the imperial relationship with nature and the way that using all natural properties to harness them to, for our human desire is also extending colonization and expanding this idea that we can control everything. And this is something that the moral complexities and the ethical complexities added in this topic are still not quite valued or assessed yet because it's so new. I mean, the use of our technologies in fashion started less than two decades ago. So this conversation is, a, is an ongoing conversation, but nobody has like the right or ground responses. Many designers these days are so excited about innovation and the opportunities that biotechnology can offer. But on the other hand, such questions are not yet addressed in such a proper way. And this is also because uh, so far, what we produce with biotechnology these days is not yet mass produced. So that means that we don't know yet what are the impacts. And if we are honest, humans have always been really bad at foreseeing the negative effects. We always tend to sort of like downplay them until it's way too late. And this is the main reason for why we're having an environmental crisis in this moment. And this is why it's also important that as we continue to create uh, solutions um, to the way we, we, we produce and consume, we also need to understand that there are other sides that will eventually bring us other problems. That said, despite the kinks that need to be worked out, we recognize that biotech offers some exciting and viable solutions to a very large problem. Well, at the moment, uh, biotechnology in fashion is only being taken care of a few companies, but I believe this is going to expand and it's going to become much more attractive for most designers. It is said that biotechnology or like biology is going to become a tool for designers in the near future. And although biotechnology is not really part of like traditional fashion or design, it really promises to alleviate our problem of waste and manufacturing in, in the fashion industry. So I don't know how much appealing it is for all designers, but I do think that this is definitely going to be very attractive for most of them, especially considering that for emerging designers nowadays, they need and want to be sustainable. It's not anymore an option, you know, not being sustainable or not addressing sustainable uh, practices is already old-fashioned and... I think that at this point, all emerging designers are intending to be as sustainable as possible. And biotechnology is one of those 
uh, tools in this moment that allow designers to create more sustainable practices. Given everything we know about the state of production and consumerism, I asked Jennifer Holgram, how can we encourage more companies to buy into environmentally friendly technology? What you will find, Michelle, is it's very hard to compete with an incumbent, right? When you're doing a new technology, you have to scale it and then replicate it. And as you replicate it, it comes down the cost curve. This is exactly what happened with solar, right? In 1975, what costs 20 cents today used to cost $100. The same thing with our phone, right? Imagine what we've done with computers and supercomputing. I mean, we literally have a tiny little device we put in our pockets and it used to take up a room and cost I don't know how much. So I think it's really important for new technologies to have a seat at the table. And initially that means paying more. And so governments can help. Incentives that help drive to carbon reduction by adding a differential price at the beginning. Also, um, brands that are willing to pay a little more or maybe a fashion high-end brand where a little extra cost on one of the components is not that important in the grand scheme of the total cost of the product. These are the ways to get down the cost curve. Once you start scaling, those incentives aren't necessary. You start to get to tipping points like you've seen with, you know, like I said, solar. I would say that we need to be realistic and understand that this carbon transition is not going to be the cheapest option. However, it will eventually be cost competitive. Mm -hmm. Well, and even as you, you know, as the economic scale catches up with the biotech scale that you've already delivered, we're still getting the savings of the environment, right? So there's also that long-term cost hanging over our head of dealing with climate change any other way. You're right. Unfortunately, with few exceptions, those externalities are seldom considered today. And and I I hope that we can start to drive to that and that we start to believe that a cleaner world and it is a better world and be willing to pay a little more for it. Shortly after our interview with Jennifer, Unilever announced that they are partnering with Lanza Tech to develop laundry detergent made from carbon emissions. So now, biotech fashion can be biotech clean. As a fashion maven, I know I'm willing to pay a little more and buy a little less often if it means our consumer dollars are demanding more sustainability. And I'm excited about the ingenuity of biotechnology and how it will help transform the way we produce and consume fashion. I want to thank all of our guests that joined us on today's episode. On the next episode, we will speak with experts about the lack of representation in clinical trials and how the industry is committed to change that. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and or review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at I Am Biotech. And subscribe to Good Day Bio at bio.org slash goodday. 
This episode was developed by executive producer Teresa Brady and producers Connor McCoy, Cornelia Poku, and Marilyn Sawyer. It was engineered and mixed by Jess Fenton, and the theme music was provided by Luke Smith and Sam Brady. 